You'll remember if you were here last week that um, I kicked off our new series on the Kingdom of God. Um, that was just a little bit of an introduction. And so today we're going to press into that some more, talk about where we're going over the coming weeks. Um, and also there'll be time just for, to pray for one another, to really dig into that. And I believe for God to activate us afresh really for this season. So that's where we're going. It's been quite a week since we were last together. I think you'll probably agree. Um, lots has changed, but if you remember back to our last preaching series, that's exactly what we're expecting with the kingdoms of this world and the rulers and those in authorities. They will come and go and all sorts of things will be uh, changing. But there's one thing that remains the same, and that is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Amen? Not only does it remain the same, but actually it's on the increase. So there's one kingdom that is advancing, that is increasing. When the kingdoms of this world and the nations of this world go up and down, and one comes and one goes, and uh, one's not sure, and all of that. But actually there's a kingdom that is coming, that has been inaugurated with the, uh, the coming into the world of Jesus Christ. And that kingdom continues to advance in our day. Amen? Amen. And so um, I'm just, just going to quickly show you if you've got the, um, my favorite picture from uh, election night. Um, there was lots of talk of dogs at polling stations for some reason. There was a whole thing on Twitter about that. I don't know if you saw. But I just want to say to you as we go into a, a period of uncertainty that the choice... That was a sign but outside of a polling station on Thursday. But our choice is not to vote or to pray. We need to do both. We need to be actively involved in what's going on in uh, society around us and community. But we need to pray like crazy and particularly right now. Amen. We need to pray that as the kingdoms of this world are uncertain and increasingly so, it seems, in our day. But that's not a bad thing because it makes us realise where our security and our hope really is. And be assured that the kingdom of God continues to advance and that needs to be our prayer. Jesus, let your kingdom come. While everything else is uncertain around us, Lord, let your kingdom come. And of course, we continue also to pray for rulers and authorities. That's what the Bible tells us to do. So more than ever, let's get on our knees. Let's not complain and um, just uh, speculate about what might or what might not happen. That is good fun, I agree. But the most important thing is that we pray Amen? For those in authority. And we pray for our nation. And we pray particularly that Jesus' kingdom would come. Okay? Which is our subject. So we're in this new series on the kingdom of God. It kind of follows on from Daniel. But in particular, the reason that we're taking, we're tackling this subject is that um, if you were here last week, you'll know that I said that uh, God really uh, stepped, broke in on us as a leadership team. Earlier in the year, we had a week away. Um, we were looking at vision, at future, where God was leading us. But we really felt that he just stopped us in our tracks and said, actually, if you want to get to there, if that's the thing, those are the things that are on your heart, then actually you're not going to get there doing the things that the way that you do them right now. And I want you to change your perspective. I want you to change the way you look at stuff and the way you do stuff. I want you, your thinking to be more framed in terms of my kingdom than in terms of church, in essence, was what God said to us, we felt. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. You can read more about that in the current magazine. Um, Colin's introduction really uh, explains what happened to us as a leadership team. But as a result, we're saying, Jesus, we want our thinking to be changed. We want the way we do things to be changed. We want to focus on your kingdom. And we, our prayer in these days is going to be increasingly, Jesus, let your kingdom come. Amen? Let your kingdom come in us. Let your kingdom come amongst us. 
as the people of God. We believe that's where God's leading us. We believe that should frame our thinking. Um, and that's where we're going. That's why we're going to spend a whole lot of time, weeks, months maybe, exploring what is the kingdom of God and what does it mean for us truly to seek Jesus' kingdom. Okay? So let's go uh, back to Matthew 11, where we were last week. I'm just going to read those verses again. Um, So Jesus has uh, just instructed and sent out his disciples. Lots of amazing stuff is happening around Jesus. But we're focusing in right now on John the Baptist. For all his significance in the story of God's purposes up to this point... John the Baptist finds himself stuck in prison right now in Matthew 11. So let's read from the beginning of Matthew 11. Okay, here we go. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one who, about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men and women lay hold of it. Father, I just want to pray that you would um, just continue with us by your spirit. I pray that you would come and activate us right now. I pray that you would uh, help me, Lord. I pray that you would open our hearts to hear what you want to say and what you want to do in these days. Lord, we want to be hearers and doers of the word. Lord, we do truly want your kingdom to come amongst us in these days. Lord, we want to uh, see the fullness of that. We want it to shine out amongst the kingdoms of this world that truly as people look at the people of God, they say, what is it that's happening amongst you? What is this new kingdom? What is, who is it that's behind all of this? Lord, we say, be glorified amongst your people. Let your kingdom come in these days. Jesus, we pray for your glory. Amen. So, I believe that this passage, what's happening with John as he's stuck in prison, but hearing about the things that are going on around Jesus, I believe that it's got some really helpful insights for us on the journey that God has got us on. And so what I've got for us this morning really is a number of questions to help challenge us, to help activate us as we begin to explore uh, what is the kingdom of God? How do we pursue Jesus's kingdom? And the first question is this really. And it is, where are you at with Jesus? And this is one of the really helpful things about starting to talk about the kingdom and framing things in terms of Jesus' kingdom is that the starting point is that there's a king. Amen? The word is a giveaway, kingdom. Um, But there's a king who is on the throne. And actually, when we've we've surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ, when we said, yes, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, actually, someone new is now in charge. There is a new king 
on the throne. And so as we begin to think about the kingdom, as we begin to say, Lord, we seek first your kingdom, the first question comes to us, well, where are you at with Jesus, who's the king? Is he truly king of every aspect of our lives? That's a question that must challenge us, I believe, right now. So in that passage that we've just read, um, Jesus says, doesn't he, uh, verse 6, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And the key thing in our lives is where, what's our reaction to Jesus Christ? He's the king. He's the ultimate authority. Are we in submission to him? Are our lives following his way? Are we seeing evidence of the kingdom of Jesus beginning to advance in our own lives? Are we, singing, are we seeing that happening? Is Jesus truly the king in every aspect of our lives? And I believe that we've got to let that challenge come to us as we begin to talk kingdom to say, is he really king? And Holy Spirit, will you highlight to us right now where you're not king in our individual lives? That's the first question. The second question is this, do you realize who you are? So we've heard just now uh, that Jesus says that for all the greatness of John the Baptist, all the significance of his role, his introduction of Jesus, his place among the greats in the things of God, actually the least in the kingdom of Jesus Christ is greater than John the Baptist. What an incredible statement that is, isn't it? The least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. And in all the ways that we will evaluate people in the kingdom, we have all sorts of ways, don't we, where we look at other people, we judge, we evaluate against ourselves. We put all that to one side when it comes to the kingdom because Jesus says, however you evaluate, the least in my kingdom, however you want to measure that, and goodness knows how you measure that, but the least is greater than a giant that we would often regard as a, a, a figure like John the Baptist who we would say, oh, amazing role. But no, God, Jesus says, no, no, the least in the kingdom is greater than that. So it tells us something about the significance of being part of Jesus' kingdom, doesn't it? The significance, the power, the influence. Actually, if you're part of the kingdom, something amazing is happening in you and around you. And we need to grab hold of that. We need to understand who we are. Even when we look, we often disqualify ourselves. We, we look at others and we say, oh, well, I understand. That one's gifted. That one, I can see their role. I know God's working in their life. But Jesus comes, the comeback from Jesus to that is, no, no, you, everyone. Even if you regard yourself as the least, I, I, I want to be at work. I want my kingdom to come in you. You're no, no less valuable than anybody else. And I believe that's a message that we need to hear as we begin to press into the kingdom, as we begin to be activated by Jesus in terms of what he wants to do in advancing his kingdom through us. One of the key things we've got to understand is who we are as children of that kingdom. That actually because we're this side of the cross, because we've been forgiven, because we've been given hope and a future, because we, we have the Holy Spirit within us, or we have the provision of God promised to us, we're children, we're inheritors of all that is at God's disposal. So I want you to understand who you are. Every one of you, however you would disqualify you, yourself, I want you to understand who you are. You're a child of my kingdom. I want to read to you something that um, Helen, my wife, wrote last weekend. She just handed me this as I was going off to church. She said, I feel like God's saying this. She didn't know what I was speaking about. Um, but I, I believe this is really helpful for us um, in this and God says this, I want my church to know who they really are when they're in Christ. 
to live knowing that they have been fully adopted into my family, making them heirs to all that is Jesus's entitlement. There are no second-class siblings. Once you are in Christ, you are royalty, seated with princes, with the authority that comes with being part of the king's family. There is a boldness that you're entitled to walk with wherever you are because of who you are. Not out of arrogance or pride, but because of the family that you're part of. Nothing else defines you. It doesn't matter what earthly family you're from, your education, your upbringing, aren't what gives you that authority. Your identity is not in your marital status, your profession, your mental or physical health, your sexuality, your wealth, your race, your background, or anything else. Your identity is who you are in Christ. And so the message as we begin to explore the kingdom is, do you know who you are? That we're to let the truth that God speaks to us sink in and take precedence over all the other ideas that we would have uh, about who we are. Amen? I believe it's a significant thing as we begin to say, God, frame our thinking, help us to seek your kingdom. We need to understand who we are. It's it's not about what we've done. It's not about who we think we are. It's not about anything else. It's about who Jesus says we are. He's chosen us. He says, you're my child. You're You're my heir. You're adopted into this family. We're now defined by him, not by anything else. And so we need to let that truth sink in as we begin this journey. So that's the second question. Do you realize who you are? The third question is this. Are you up for making some changes? You see, we we believe that God's taking us on a journey. We believe he's spoken to us. We believe he... uh, wants us to do some things differently, so we're going to be very careful, I believe, in the days ahead um, to make space for what God wants to do. Because I guess the truth is, if you keep on doing the things you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. Amen? That's true, isn't it? So we need to make space for God. We need to say, God, what would you do with us every time we gather? But also in our own lives, this is not just about Sundays, not at all. But it's about each of us saying, God, what would you do with us? How would you lead us? Holy Spirit, show us what it is that you want to do with each one of us. But that means that we've got to be prepared to make changes. And sometimes I think our lives are so stacked full of other stuff that that isn't actually much room for change. And so we might have to make some decisions in these days to say, Jesus, because of this value, because I want to see your kingdom come, because I believe that you've got us on a journey here that we're exploring as a people that actually I'm prepared to make some changes in my life. I'm prepared to change some priorities. That If we're not prepared for that, then we, we can't go on this journey together. Because as we've just read, verse 12, Jesus says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. So that's the truth. That's the truth that we discovered from, Jesus, from, uh, from looking at the book of Daniel. But the next bit is, but forceful men and women lay hold of it. So the kingdom of God doesn't just happen to you. Okay, yes, you're part of it because of what Jesus has done. But actually, if we want to see the fullness of what Jesus wants to do amongst his people, then actually we have to lay hold of it, the Bible says. There's something very active about laying hold of Jesus' kingdom. Saying, I want some things to change in my life, Lord, so that your kingdom will come. And the question to us, and it is a question we need to think about. It's not just a blase, oh yes, of course, because that doesn't automatically happen. But are we prepared to have some things disrupted? See, 
if the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and forceful men and women are laying hold of it, then for, for, for us to see it, it coming in, some stuff is going to get disrupted around our lives, isn't it? It won't just happen to us. We, we are very used to life happening to us. Stuff changes around us and, it, and, and, and we, we adapt to it all the time, don't we? Because we, we live in such a busy world that is bombarding us all the time. But actually, there's something about being part of Jesus' kingdom that says, actually, no, I'm making a choice about what shapes my life. I'm making a choice about the priorities. I'm going to lay hold of Jesus' kingdom in these days. That's a decision for us. And it, but it means we've got to be ready for some disruption. We've got to change some things around. We, we believe that as a leadership team, but that it's for us as a church, but it's also for us individually, I believe. So the, there's a question that we have to wrestle with, which is, are we ready for that? So that's the next question. See, what I would believe that Jesus wants to do in these days, I believe that he wants to activate us. So there's lots of us that have the truth in us. There's lots of us actually that have experiences of, of God and and of the kingdom indeed. But there's something new that he wants to do with us, which means that we need to be activated again, I believe. There was a prophetic word. Um, uh, I don't know, some of you will have seen Mark Thornett, who was uh, a previous elder of this church. He was visiting last Sunday. And when he was over in the West last Sunday morning, he brought a prophetic word, which uh, I want to re-bring to you, if you like, because I believe that it's for us as a whole church. And he referred to uh, Isaac in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 26. Um, when Isaac, um, the instruction to Isaac was to reopen the wells that had been dug in the promised land. And actually there were wells that, uh, that the opposition to God's people, if you like, had blocked up. Because the, uh, God's people were advancing, they were growing, uh, they were becoming a problem to the enemies around them. And so the enemies had blocked up the wells. But actually, there's a word coming to us, I believe, as God's people. Mark brought it last week. I want to bring it again to us that says you need to reopen the wells. Not only that, you need to dig some new wells, actually. And uh, the water from wells, often in the Bible, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit. And actually, that we need to reactivate in us us the work of the Holy Spirit that his kingdom might come. It's not something that we're going to do on our own, but actually there's some wells to reopen. So there's some of us who have experiences in the past of being influenced. It's a bit like the John the Baptist thing. This is where this is helpful. That actually, you see, John the Baptist had been right at the center of what God was doing in heralding the coming of Jesus. But now here he finds himself stuck in this prison. He doesn't, and he's questioning what is going on and why has this happened to me? And I believe the prophetic word comes to some of us to say, you were in positions of influence. You were those who were moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. The wells were flowing. They were open in, in past times. And I believe there's some of us who need to reopen wells, reuse gifts of the Spirit that we, were, that we moved in once. Things that we did that actually have gone dormant in our lives. And we need to go back to them and say, God, will you reopen this well? Will you let the Spirit come again? I want to operate in those gifts that I've operated in in the past. I believe that's one of the things he wants to do. But also there's new wells to be dug. There's uh, the Spirit to be sought. And we need to be filled again, I believe. Some of us need to be baptized in the Spirit for the first time. Because you see, we can't do any of this stuff on our own. And one of the distinguishing features is why it's helpful to look at John the Baptist and why it's helpful to hear Jesus say, if you're in the kingdom, then it's altogether a different thing from John the Baptist. One of the big differences, of course, is that we have the Spirit. Amen? 
And that makes all the difference. We see that in Acts, don't we? Paul goes to some places. He goes to Ephesus in Acts 19 and says, do you know about the Holy Spirit? And they don't. They know about John's baptism, which was repentance. And we all know about that, probably. But actually, there's some we need to be reactivated in the Spirit. We need to be baptized in the Spirit. Because it's only as we walk by the Spirit that Jesus' kingdom is to come. That's the plan. Amen? So I believe that's one of the, 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 that's one of the other keys uh, one of the other questions, I guess, uh, as we look into this new subject, are you up for thoroughly cultivating relationship with the Holy Spirit? So that phrase, um, I was reading an article by Terry Virgo, who is the founder of New Frontiers, the movement that our church and our family of churches came out of. Um, I was reading a great article by him this week where he talks about the diminished role of the Holy Spirit often in our churches and amongst us. And actually, he says that we're to, he uses this phrase, which I love, that we're to thoroughly cultivate our relationship with the Holy Spirit. That actually what the Bible calls us to is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's not acquaintance. It's not knowledge about. (laughs) It's fellowship. It's intimate. It's knowing the Holy Spirit. It's It's a daily thing. And he, he says, which I think is so helpful, that often we've reduced the Holy Spirit to it be, he being about contributions on a Sunday morning. How, what a horrific thought if that is the case. But I think we get close to that sometimes. But actually, no, this is about intimacy. This is about walking with the Spirit. So let me read to you a, a bit from um, Galatians. Paul talking to the Galatians, Galatians 5. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's verse 16, verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You see, that's an active thing. Again, if we're going to lay hold of the kingdom, then I believe we need to actively cultivate our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We need to keep in step with him. That's a daily thing. That's an hourly thing. That's a building a relationship thing. Amen? If you keep, you see, to keep in step with somebody is a pretty, you have to concentrate quite hard, don't you? If you're going to, do you remember uh, one of my favorite races as a kid in the sports day, we're coming up to that season, was three-legged race. Um, And you got tied to someone so that you keep in step with them. But actually, if you're, unless you're tied, it's pretty difficult to keep in step with someone. You've got to kind of put your arm around them. You've got to stay close to them. You've got to look at what's going on. You've got to concentrate. And Paul says, I want you to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's the instruction to us. There was a great book a few years ago. I don't know. Some of you will have seen it by a guy called Benny Hinn. I'm not making any comment on Benny Hinn particularly, but he wrote a book called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I, I only ever read about the first chapter, but I always loved the title because I believe that's what we're... It's, it's a daily thing. It's every day. It's in the moment going, you, you're my friend, Holy Spirit. I'm intimate with you. I'm cultivating that relationship. Good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you want to do today? So seeking the kingdom is about saying, good morning, Holy Spirit, every day. Saying, what do you want to do, Holy Spirit? Fill me, flood me. I want to keep in step with you. That's the only way Jesus' kingdom comes. The disciples become activated when the Spirit comes on them. Up to that point, they're all over the place. They've got some good knowledge. They know about Jesus, but they're all over the place. And I believe the same thing that God wants to do with us in these days is to activate us so that we be those who see his kingdom come amongst us. Amen? Amen. But in order to do that, we've got to be filled with the Spirit and we've got, to be, we've got to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So 
Where are you at with Jesus? That's the first question. There may be some of us who haven't yet surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ. And there's a moment to set, where we've got to make that choice. That comes to each of us. Blessed is he who does not stumble on account of Jesus. That's the first stumbling block. And we've all got to come to that point of decision and say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. It might be today for you. So where are you at with Jesus? Do you understand who you are as part of the kingdom? Are you ready for some disruption? Are you ready to lay hold of the kingdom? Are you ready to make some changes, to make space? Interestingly, in Genesis 26, that prophetic word about unblocking wells and digging new wells, interestingly, um, the, the, one of the, the name that they gave to the new well that they did, dug for Isaac in that chapter was Rehoboth which will be familiar to the guys who've been in Lesotho because there's a church as part of our family that's called Rehobothi Church. But Rehoboth means room. So you've got to make room for God. We've got to, if we don't make room for God in our lives, then we're not going to see the kingdom come. There has to be some disruption. There has, we have to be up for that. And then the other thing, are we ready to, to keep in step with the Spirit, to really let him fill us afresh? So I guess my invitation to you this morning is that uh, we feel convinced as a leadership team that we want to pursue this in a new way, that God's talking to us about reframing the way we look at stuff. We don't want to be so focused on churchifying things, but on saying, Jesus, let your kingdom come amongst us, whatever that looks like. And that'll be different things at different points. But this is not about leaders. This is about, as I say, every one of us in the kingdom, every one of us to say, Jesus, what do you want to do with me? How, how do you want to use me? How do you want to activate me in these days? So really, this is we're, we're going to spend uh, weeks and months ahead uh, looking at the subject of the kingdom, exploring what that means to us. But right now, it's say, uh, I guess my invitation is, will you come with us on a journey? That's where we're at. We're saying we want to go on a journey, Lord. We want to be responsive to what you're saying. We want to uh, be those who truly seek your kingdom in the days ahead. Uh, so that we might see what you would want to do amongst us. We believe that that's where we're at. Um, so we believe God's going to do some new things. We're gonna, we believe that we're going to change some things around. We're going to see stuff happening. As I said last week, we would love to hear stories as God does stuff in our lives. We want to be those who tell uh, stories to encourage one another about what Jesus is doing. But my question is, are you... Are you up for going on this journey together of pursuing the kingdom? Let's stand together. We wanted to leave plenty of time to pray for one another, for God to activate us, for God to reopen some wells, for God to take the scales of our eyes maybe, to, to, for us to understand who we really are as children of his kingdom so that we can go on this journey. So if, I, if the guys in the band could come back, that would be brilliant. Let's just begin by just welcoming Jesus by his spirit right now. Lord Jesus, we just want to say that we love you. We're so, so grateful, Lord, that we are part of this kingdom that you have inaugurated. We're so grateful for your mercy and your grace. Lord, we're so grateful that we find ourselves this side of the cross, Lord, this side of the resurrection, this side of Pentecost, that we're filled with the Spirit, Lord. We're so grateful that we're part of this new family, Lord, that we're inheritors of this kingdom, that you've made us agents, Lord, that we're part of it. Father, this is not about us trying hard. You say, Lord, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So, Lord, we just want to be uh, those who are filled with your Spirit, that we, that we might be agents, that we might be those who seek first your kingdom, like, that we might be those who see 
your kingdom coming in us and around us in the days ahead. So Lord, we just want to say you're so welcome. And I just invite you um, maybe to lift your hands if you're comfortable to do that. We just want to welcome you, Holy Spirit. If the band could just begin to play. Lord, we just want to ask what you want to do with us this morning. Lord, we want to ask that you would activate us. In fact, let's just, let's just respond right, right from the off. If, if you know that you want to be activated by Jesus for his kingdom, why don't, you, why don't you come and make a step forward just as a recognition of that? We're going to pray for one another. I'd love to invite you. If you're saying, yep, I want to be activated again in the things of the Spirit. Uh, there'll be some... And you say, yep, I, I know that there's a well of the Spirit's work in my life that needs to be reopened. I've known the work of the Spirit in the past. I've known God's power in different ways. I've seen stuff happen in the past. But actually, I'm not seeing that right now. I feel like I've got out of the center of, uh, of the current of the river, if you like. Well, why don't you come and let's pray that God would reopen those wells. So just come. Come and respond to that. If you know you're not... You, if you're saying this morning, I'm just not sure that the Holy Spirit is, is at work in me in the way that I would like him to be. If you want to uh, dig a new well of the Holy Spirit's work in your life, if you like, well, why don't you come? Let's pray for you. Let's pray that a, a well of the Spirit's work would be, would be dug in your life this morning. Come and, guys, in the, in the um, let's come and spread out along the front. Really believe God's wanting to do something new with us. It's a moment of activation. I believe we're going to see some new things in the days ahead. It's not about what we come with at all. It's about what God wants to do by his spirit. There'll be some others this morning, I believe, who have disqualified themselves. You say, you say well, I, I know God works with other people. I know that he's doing stuff in their lives. I, I know that they see answers to prayer, but I don't see that kind of thing. I'm not, I'm not a gifted person. I just want to say, if, you're, if that's what you're saying this morning, that's not true. That is a lie. And actually what Jesus would say is, no, you're, what, however you regard yourself, if you're in my kingdom, then you're, uh, then you're full of the Spirit. You're a child of mine. I'm giving you, there's things I want you to do. There's gifts that I've given to you, which are for, for my glory and for others' blessing. And I want to change your mind on who, how you see yourself. So if that's you this morning, I want you to be really brave and say, I haven't seen myself as being someone who can advance Jesus' kingdom, but... I hear the truth that actually I am, that every one of us is. And actually, God, I want to respond to you. And I want to say, Lord, you do with me whatever you will. In my spheres of influence, in my workplace, uh, amongst my family, with my friends, I want to see your kingdom come. And Lord, I believe who you say that I am. I believe that I'm a child of the King and therefore that God wants to be at work in my life. So we, I want you... If, if you want to say, yep, I want to own that truth this morning, then why don't you come and let's pray. Jesus, we, we just ask that you come by your spirit right now. We ask that you flood each one who's standing before you, Lord. We say, reopen the wells, Lord. Come now. Reopen the wells, Lord. Dig new wells of the work of your spirit in people's lives. Lord, we want to see some new things amongst us. We, we hear what you're saying. Lord, we, you've provoked us, Lord. You've challenged us in these days. And now we want to respond. We want to, be, uh, we want to be full of faith, Lord, that your kingdom can come through us. And I, I just believe that what God wants to give deposits of faith this morning. It says, yes, I believe you, Lord. 
I, I might not have believed you in the past, but I believe you. Like, I believe you want to be at work in me. I believe that you can use me to usher in your kingdom. It starts with the smallest steps each morning going, Jesus, what do you want to do with me today? Holy Spirit, what do you want to do with me? Open my eyes to see what you want to do this morning. Lord, we just pray, calm, Holy Spirit. Calm, Holy Spirit. Open up the wells, Lord. Reactivate us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name.